Thursday, I think. Thursday. I, got, I don't know. I, if you know I got no idea is. what day it is anymore. Especially since going back to work. This like baby at night work during the day has got me completely flipped on whatever time it is. I got nothing. Yeah. I'm just moving. Looking at my schedule. What's coming next? I commend you and Gabby. I know you guys go to war every night and every day. Um, but I know that Julian is uh, worth the pay. Woo! Yeah, he is. But uh, good morning to everybody, and good morning to the the Huddle family, and especially to the Huddle family that we got to see in person yesterday at the Allen Levan Innovation Center grand opening. That was a blast yesterday. Um, I kind of felt like almost like a school field trip, you know, like or like a, like a book fair. Like I was at we're at work where our office is. Right. There's a there's this event happening right outside your office door where everybody was coming to see you. It was really great. And it's kind of cool because those events happen, obviously not that big, but they they have events going on all the time. So it's cool to be around the environment, cool to see people. It was cool to educate people on what the, you know, the Van Center was and educate them that we have an office there, which everybody seemed very excited about. And to get educated a little bit, I, I you know, meeting some of the people that were responsible so for actually like- building the mm-hmm. Levan Center and, meeting a lot of the behind the scenes that had gone into that, obviously spending time with the mayor who was there all day and got to sit down while he enjoyed a bagel with us and uh, maybe play some matchmaker with him. But that was, uh, it was a great experience. Great to see everybody. And I'm hoping that more and more people will want to come visit, spend some time, figure out ways to get involved with the innovation center and uh, just come, come break bread with us at the office. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. And speaking about the mayor, I know he's on the way up to Gainesville for graduation. I think it is graduation for Gainesville or for UF and Florida State this weekend. So hey, if you are watching and you're on the car or you're going up this weekend, congratulations to your kids. It is a wonderful time. I didn't have a daughter, right? His daughter that's graduating. His daughter. I know RJ is going up. His daughter, you know, daughter is graduating. Um, My graduation got canceled. Didn't have one. COVID. Um, I just decided not to go. Yeah, I was say, which I wasn't really mad about. <laughs> I, I set the precedent for you. I just decided not to walk. I got the cap and gown. We went all across campus taking all the pictures. And then we're like, all right, let's go to breakfast. <laughs> I, took, I took my graduation pictures in front of Nick Saban. So I think I take a cake. He's getting ready for the SEC title and I'm standing as if, as if you guys didn't know, we do things a little bit differently in the Noodleberg family. They, they mail you the, the diploma anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> the job, so it was perfect. You know? um, let's get to some wake up music. Let's come back. we got a great day of content for everybody. Wake up, everybody! Get up, 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 get up,
Christian Castellano comes in with an F. <laughs> and I want you to know that as soon as the show ended yesterday, I wrote in the group chat F. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is a that is such a term of uh, disappointment in the Noodleberg family. Like anytime something really disappointing happens, the only thing that you can say that appropriately conveys it is F. And so anytime we get an F, we know that something has gone wrong. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna better today, you know. I think that's the PTI model. We'll do better tomorrow. That's yeah. right. We'll fact check it. We'll come back and we'll do better. It's all about getting one percent better every day. But good morning to everybody coming in. Ron Katz, Donna Goldfarb, Christy Turris, Coach Mike, David Roth. David, I saw you were traveling to, I believe it was Ohio, and you had done some work up there. That looked really awesome. Congratulations for you. Uh, good morning to Alfonso, Jeff Bishop. It was great to see you yesterday. Eddie Dykes, I miss you. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I'm pretty sure we're supposed to get on a boat at some point in the next couple months. Excited for that. But uh, let's go. Let's get to it. What are we doing for our first piece of content? Today, today is National Take Your Daughters and Sons to Work Day. Um, and if you didn't know, we work with our father. Um, and we've been working with our father since we were, what, five? I yeah. Think. I mean, my entire life I've been working right. with dad. Like. <laughs> that's that never stopped that that, that that was from the time I was born to, to now you know even when I started my football career I was always working with dad because we were doing this huddle before the 7 a.m staff meetings so like he'd be coming out of a workout at like 6 45 or be getting ready for his day at 6 45 and we'd do a 15 minute call before I walked into my staff meeting so we've always been working together but thinking specifically about take your daughter or son to work day, I have very vivid memories of growing up with him, not only at ABC Cellular and in those showrooms and, you know, in that part of his career, but every single step along the way as he got into radio and as he opened up, you know, a radio station in the market. And then as he transitioned to working with uh, Bill Mullings and or was Bill, Bill Mullen. Bill Mullen in his first venture in sports marketing to then on the ball in the backyard to eventually the office. Like I've, I just have such vivid memory memories of being a part of every one of those steps that I don't think like, and I wrote about this in the book, by the way, that when people say like, how did your dad pass on the lessons to you? It wasn't like he, we sat down on a chalkboard and he like, wrote out this structure for what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. I really learned because I got to see it. I got to watch it. I got to be a part of it. And that to me is what the, the, you know, embodiment of take your son or daughter to work day is. And funny enough, I went to work with you too. So I kind of, every summer was a work trip, you know? So I got yeah. entrenched in that environment. You put me to work. I was coaching kids. I was watching film with you. Um, and so I just think the exposure and, you know, it, it accelerates the growth for a kid, in my opinion. I think we were well equipped to finally start doing things on our own because of the experiences that we had had growing up. We knew how to act. We knew how to communicate. 
how to carry yourself. And those are the type of things you can only really get from seeing it. Because like I there, there, there's Rudy and there's Rudy coming in saying, good morning, you know, taking my 10 year old daughter to work today. Fantastic. I think what dad did a great job of was there was nothing that we didn't have access to either, at least for me. And, and I tried to do the same for you when you would be with me, like, you know, unless it was like a really personal private meeting, I tried to make sure that you were involved in all of it and around it, you know, and I remember like vividly sitting on the floor next to dad with like a notepad as mm -hmm. he'd be sitting at a table having a one-on-one -on -one with one of his, you know, sales associates at ABC or as he was in the call, as he was in the car making calls and we were going from place to place. Like it's so, it's such, it's so ingrained in my brain that he never had to tell me to work hard. He had to never tell me what the expectation was. And I, 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 I believe in this term wholeheartedly when it comes to leadership and development is your actions speak so loudly. I can't hear what you're saying, right? Players would tell me all the time. I want to play. I want to do this. I want to be the greatest special teams player for you. I'm bought into the team. I embody everything that you say, but there were always actions that would be telling me whether or not that was true or false. Same for parenting. I feel like, like, if you're telling your kids to work hard and you're telling your kids that, you know, you have to overcome adversity and, and bad things happen. It wasn't really dad telling me that growing up. It was me sitting in a meeting with him when shit hit the fan and watching him deal with it and watching what happened after it that taught me the lesson. So the visual and the seeing, I think, is far more effective than the telling. Right. And I think even when you first came out of football and very similar to what I did uh, during the pandemic, we went for ride alongs. Like even before we joined the company and we were still kids and a little bit older, but it, continuing that exposure to us allowed to see what the business was, to learn from it, take what we like and didn't like sometimes. You know, I think yeah. that's the important part about leadership sometimes is you see things and you have the ability to ask questions on why they did that and, you know, and getting the feedback from them sometimes they don't even know some things that they're doing, you know? So I think that's really important. I think sometimes people miss opportunities there, whether it's taking your kid to work day. And I love what Steve says. He says, take your kids to work happens every day. My kids learn every day. Yeah. There wasn't a dedicated day for my dad to bring me to ABC or to go along with him on, you know, as he was building these other companies for me, it was anytime. Like he might have to pick me up from daycare and he had an event that we had to go to and I was getting myself straightened up. He brought me a change of clothes, you know, whatever it was. And we were going to that event and I was going to be a part of it. So there's no, there doesn't have to be one dedicated day for it. Just like all of the national days, right? Like it's national smile day. I'm not only smiling on that day. There's a national take a breath day or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. But, but I think, you know, as, as you go into those scenarios, one of the most important things I think that happens after is the debrief, right? right? Like I, wh whatever happens, you people think about this, doing this in business all the time. You go have an event or you have a meeting or you do you, something happens and you come back and you debrief. You talk about what went well, what didn't go well, who takes responsibility and you find ways to grow from that. The debrief with your kids on going take your take your child to work day or any time that you do that 
is so important because it offers them that opportunity to ask questions, to say, I didn't understand this, or I'd love to learn more about this, or I saw this person doing that, and that seemed really interesting to me. What an unbelievable way to open up your own perspective to what your kids like, what they want to do, what their visions might be, and help them pursue that in their dreams. And that, and that goes for any development of any human at any stage, you know, is helping them by asking the questions to find out and take ownership by themselves. You know, you're a great father. I love watching you parent. Um, I think you've taken the best from a lot of different styles and try to apply in the best way. But I remember leaving camp with Kai. We picked up Kai and you did such a great job of pushing him to kind of think about what he liked, what he didn't like, and help him really take ownership of his thoughts and how he felt. So it's really cool. That's awesome. It's great stuff. So I know that we got more content to go to. I know we got great motivational morning music. So let's keep the show rolling and let's go. Frampton on a Thursday. Quick story about Peter Frampton. I'm from a different generation. Wasn't alive when he had long hair. Uh, Growing up, dad used to take me to Doobie Brother concerts, and we're going to another one in June. Um, But we show up, and Peter Frampton is the opening act. And I have – I kind of know who he is, (laughs) right? And there's everybody wearing wigs around us. And I can't figure out what it I'm like, I look at him and I ask and I go, what's up with the wigs? He's like, you used to have this long hair, you know, and it's yeah. uh, funny later in life. He had like a bald head. And so just funny things you remember growing up. Fantastic song. Fantastic lyrics. Kitty says, oh, my God, I saw him singing at Holiday Park when I was in sixth grade. So much fun. I wonder how many people in the huddle have a Peter Frampton story. I actually saw Peter Frampton perform with the Cincinnati Ballet when I was coaching at the University of Cincinnati, which was phenomenal. It was him solo on stage with the guitar, with the ballet behind him doing choreographed dancing to all of his hits. It was a phenomenal experience. Only way I probably want to go see the ballet. See the ballet, right. This is what I was getting to now. (laughs) So Show Me The Way, great song, great content, great, it's very fitting for what we're talking about. The next part of the show, which I think is really cool because we talked about going to work with dad. We talked about lessons learned from him. I think this next section where we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and how to build your entrepreneurial confidence, that to me, you know, today's word for entrepreneur, I think is very different than 
30 years ago entrepreneur. I think traditionally entrepreneur has meant own your own business, has meant, you know, be the sole operator of what you do. And I think in the world of multi-revenue streams, I think in the world of the side hustle, I think in the world of, you know, working inside of organizations that want to have a flat, you know, organizational chart, being an entrepreneur is a mindset, right? And being an entrepreneur or having, having entrepreneur principles is something that you can embody whether you own a business or you don't, you know, dad's start of every single mindset conversation is become the CEO of your life. That's being an entrepreneur that's taking responsibility. So I'm excited to run through some of these on how to build your confidence as an entrepreneur or just as an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset. Right. And I think anybody who wants to be happy in life wants ownership of their work or the most people want to feel that ownership, take pride in it. I think that's where the entrepreneur arrow, you know, confidence comes from is to take that ownership. Um, and so there's 10 ways, uh, entrepreneur.com, put them together. And so we'll go one by one. I'll kick us off. Number one, take risks and learn from your failures. And so this is, I think, is an important conversation for the leaders in the group because building building other leaders around you is very similar to building, build, building entrepreneurs around you, right? Like if you want your team to take ownership of their responsibilities, you have to take the risk of passing that ownership to them, right? Yes, you want to set clear guidelines. Yes, you want to, you know, educate them about the purpose and the why and the overall mission. But at the end of the day, you have to offer those people the opportunity to fail. And that's a risk for you and a risk for them. But if we believe that only growth comes from failure, what unbelievable opportunities for you and your people and the organization to grow together by taking those risks. So in, in, a tr in the traditional entrepreneur mindset, taking that risk means starting your own business, which it could be. Could be starting your side hustle, could be getting out there and, and taking your passion and turning it into a revenue stream for you. Or maybe it's just taking that risk inside of the role that you have, passing some ownership and helping people develop more around you. And I think that was the, an interesting thing that you learned from that. You hurt the person more by not offering them the opportunity than by offering the opportunity and allowing them to fail. That right. As soon as I handicap you by micromanaging you or taking away the opportunity for you to grow, not only have I hurt you by robbing you of the opportunity, but I've hurt the organization because I've taken away that ability for them to become a better leader or entrepreneur. Because in my mind, if you take the word entrepreneur and you take the word leader, what's the difference? Right. You have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to take ownership. You have to make decisions and move forward. All things that whether you're a leader or an entrepreneur, to me, are you know the same. Absolutely. We'll move on. Number, I'm going to skip around because I don't think we need to get on 10. Um, number three, surround yourself with supportive people. Which, so like dad talks about it all the time, and I love giving him credit for this, is having that trusted board of advisors, right? That, that inner circle. I, I think about like meet the Fockers, you know what I mean? Like got to be in the circle of trust, but right. like, who are those people that you have that they might not be in the same profession. They might not be, you know, 
they might not fit the same industry. Another one is those, those accountability partners. And for me, like that could be th- those could be ex football coaches for me. Those could be people that I'm looking to learn from and grow from that have built their own businesses. They could be people that are leaders inside of organizations. To me, who are those people that keep you accountable to chasing your passion, to being true to your values, to operating authentically and genuinely and, you know, keeping yourself at the operating level that you hold, you want to hold yourself accountable to, but it's easy to get away from when you don't have somebody there checking your back. Right. And it keeps you kind of emotionally stable. You know, they bring you back to level head because the entrepreneurial journey or the ownership journey is ones with many ups and downs, you know, and another one on here is you be emotionally resilient, but it's, it's about kind of handling those highs and lows and sticking to your process. And I know you're a big belief on that, obviously. That, so that's, and I, God, yesterday in one of our coaching calls, we had one of our clients who has really struggled with the control what you can control mentality, right? She has tend to allow outside things to hijack her emotions and take her into other places where she's gotten away from it. And when she said back to me, you know, I feel really great because anytime these things happen, I'm just getting back to thinking, control what I can control, that to me is the process for being emotionally resilient. You know, we talked about the 24-hour rule when dealing with failure. I learned that in football because we were on that repetitive schedule where that new opportunity was coming every week. And if you spent too much time dwelling on what had happened, it was going to affect your preparation for that upcoming opportunity. So having a system in place for yourself that allows you to feel emotions because we're not robots. We're going to feel hurt. We're going to feel disappointment. We're going to feel negative things that go along with failure, but how you process those emotions and then turn them into something positive by finding opportunity for growth, by overcoming new problems, by finding new ways of doing things because those problems came to you. That's the process that allows you to be emotionally resilient and continue to move forward in order to be successful, whether you're an entrepreneur and own your own business or whether you just own that mentality and are continuing to push somebody else's organization forward. And you are the way you articulate your thoughts about process, about, you know, being an entrepreneur is we talk about it in the book, which I'm super excited for that to come out. Um, We'll finish on one more. Um, Celebrate your successes. It is a foundation of what we believe. We celebrate in dad's book. Steve Nudelberg wrote a book. For those of you who don't know, Steve Nudelberg wrote a book. It's called Confessions of a Serial Salesman. And in the book, it is a rule to celebrate the wins. And it's a great rule because I'll never forget sitting, I'm not going to mention the names, I'm not going to mention the team, but we had a very exhilarating win that was important to the program. It kind of shifted us in our direction and where we were going as we were trying to change things. And I'll never forget coming in and feeling like we had lost. And the coach that I worked directly for looked at me and said, if you can't enjoy the wins, you need to get out of the profession now because it's the only thing that's going to bring you back to the, to the grind day right. in and day out. And such an, so it was such a, it was a mind, it was an eye opening lesson for me of like 
Sure, there's bad things that happen. Sure, there's plenty that we could have done better. But if you're with an organization, you're with other people that are sucking the joy out of winning, that is a recipe for for failure in the long term because you're going to burn out. There's no way you're going to continue to be successful. Well, we have a lot of fun here. That's a thoughtful Thursday. Let's go. Great content. Great stuff. We're going to be here tomorrow, the two of us. Dad is taking another day off, 7.58. We'll see you for a finish Friday. But in the meantime, let's get down to business. Let's go. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this.